the Cinematic Sound Radio Top 10. Welcome to show number two of our new Top 10 series right here on Cinematic Sound Radio. The first show last week went off without a hitch, and it was quite popular. Everyone seemed to enjoy the program and uh, wanted to hear more. There were a lot of suggestions of, as to what shows we should tackle, what Top 10 topics we should present. Well, on today's program, uh, I'm going to do something just a little bit different based on a suggestion that was made. Uh, it was on Facebook, and unfortunately, I don't remember the person who suggested it. I'm pretty sure it was Jason Drury, uh, who has uh, done some spectacular film music radio on his own. You might know that uh, a few months ago, he was producing a James Horner program, and he released part one a couple months ago, and part two is coming down the pike really, really, really soon. So once that uh, comes to fruition, we will let you know, of course, here at Cinematic Sound Radio. So he mentioned that I should present the top 10 rejected scores of all time. Well, I could save that for a really, really, really big show. But instead of concentrating on the rejected scores, what I thought we would do this week is present rejected cues or unused cues from films where the film composer is still on the movie. For instance, let's talk about John Williams and Jurassic Park. We all know that John Williams is the composer for Jurassic Park. He wasn't rejected. However, there was a few cues that didn't make it into the film, including one called Hungry Raptor, which teased most film score fans when a making of Jurassic Park show came out and during the end credits this amazing action cue played that we didn't hear in the film and we never heard on the soundtrack album. And so it took almost 20 years before that track was finally released as part of an expanded edition of the Jurassic Park soundtrack, and Hungry Raptor was available on that edition. So that's the example that we're using. Another example is, again, another John Williams example, the Binary Sunset. We all know the, the famous piece that was composed for that, featuring a wonderful rendition of the Force theme. Well, of course, there's an alternate take of the Binary Sunset, which doesn't feature any real thematic material that we would remember. And, of course, uh, George Lucas wanted a little bit more motion for that scene, so John Williams rescored it with the Force theme.
Now that you get an idea of what we're going to do on today's program, as we are featuring rejected score cues, not rejected scores. Number 10. Well, in at number 10 is an interesting one. We've played it many times here on the program, most recently on a James Horner special that we did last year. This cue was called Combat Drop, and this is a scene where the uh, Marines are getting prepped and ready to do a drop from their spaceship high above LV-426. And originally, James Horner had offered a militaristic, almost overly heroic piece of music. That is another wonderful example of James Horner's ability to take something very simple and build on that idea to a glorious climax. Well, James Cameron felt that that might have been too much for the picture and the scene at the time. That was probably the case, although this score was uh, was chewed up and spit out. A lot of the cues didn't play where they were supposed to play. However, this cue was completely dropped from the film. You don't hear it anywhere else in the movie. And then it was replaced by a percussion cue written by Harry Rabinowitz. So what we're going to play for you right now is our number 10 rejected or unused film cue. It comes from the 1986 sequel to Alien called Aliens, featuring original score by James Horner. Thank you. 
nine. In at number nine is an interesting cue that I'm pretty sure most of us didn't know existed until the 25th anniversary release of the soundtrack to The Goonies on Verez Serban Records. Now, those that are fans of the film and the score know all about the Fratelli chase. It's uh, the opening chase scene in the movie, and of course it features a very memorable thematic cue by composer David Grusin. Now, what people didn't realize is that David Grusin actually based his opening and unused track on a threatening motif for the Fratellis in a track heard later on in the film score. However, the now familiar cue that is in the movie was actually first heard in a cue called Plumbing. And after hearing that particular track, producer Steven Spielberg suggested to David Grusin that he uses the thematic elements and basically the style of that cue and insert it into the opening instead. It's a pretty interesting change, and like I said, most of us didn't even realize existed until Verez Serban Records released their superb deluxe edition album back in 2010. And now, our number nine rejected or unused cue. Here is the original for Telly Chase from the 1985 film The Goonies, with original score composed by David Grusin. Thank you. 
streets. Our number eight unused or rejected cue comes from the 2004 sequel to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which is Spider-Man 2, which I consider to be one of the greatest superhero films of all time. Unfortunately, there was some turmoil in post-production of this movie, and a lot of it had to deal with composer Danny Elfman, who had supplied an incredible score for the first film and was just pumped to write music for this new score. And he wrote some incredible music, including an in a genius eight-note motif for Doc Ock. However, the producers were all over this. So many people had their fingers in the pie, and Danny Elfman really couldn't do anything right, even though the score that he wrote is simply incredible. It came to the point that Danny Elfman basically quit. He said, if you can find a different composer that can give you exactly what you want, then you better go and hire him. Well, a whole slew of composers were then hired to replace certain cues already written by Danny Elfman. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, John Debney was on board, and Christopher Young was brought on to compose music to two key sequences, which included Doc Ox Transformation, which was temp-tracked with music from Hellraiser 2 anyway, and basically Christopher Young aped the temp-track and put in his Hellraiser music into that sequence anyway. And then there was one other major sequence that Christopher Young had to replace Danny Elfman's music, and that was the Train Appreciation sequence. Danny Elfman wrote just an absolutely incredible action sequence, and if you can go onto YouTube, you can see the music inserted back into the picture and to see just how well it flows. Christopher Young did an admirable job, but it just seemed out of place with the rest of the tone or the style of Danny Elfman's score. Now, Danny Elfman and Sam Raimi have since kissed and made up, even though Danny Elfman back then vowed he would never work for Sam Raimi again, but they came back together and worked on Oz the Great and Powerful. However, before that collaboration, which is 2013, almost 10 years after the craziness in Spider-Man 2, Danny Elfman provided a fantastic score for Spider-Man 2, including this rejected and unused cue. This is Danny Elfman's train appreciation music from Spider-Man 2.
Seven. In at number seven is an unused cue from one of my top ten scores of all time. And I'm not going to get into uh, the film score, why I like it, and, and whatnot, because I'm going to be talking about it in a few weeks, actually, when I do a show that is centered around some of my favorite soundtracks of all time. But we are going to play the unused Buffalo Hunt cue, which was heard on the original soundtrack recording. We never did get to hear the film version of it until many years later when the first expanded edition of Dances with Wolves came out. And then last year, La La Land Records released the ultimate expanded edition of Dances with Wolves, and it contained a whole bunch of alternate cuts and takes and unused cues as well. But this is probably the most famous one from the soundtrack. This is uh, John Barry's more, I'm going to have to say, laid back and less obvious western action cue that he delivered for Kevin Costner. Unfortunately, Kevin Costner wanted something a little bit more in the flavor of an Elmer Bernstein action cue from those great westerns in the 1960s, so John Barry complied. Well, here is John Barry's original cue that was left on the cutting room table. This is the alternate buffalo hunt from one of the greatest scores ever written. It won an Academy Award in 1990. This is Dances with Wolves.
number six. In at number six is a cue that I had a real tough time figuring out if I wanted to play this or not. And the reason is because I actually had about, looking at my list, four John Williams tracks that I wanted to play on the program today. I just couldn't figure out which one I wanted to use. So I went to Twitter a couple of days ago and I asked you which track out of the four did you want to hear. Now, you had no idea that it was for this show and the majority of you picked this track from 1997's The Lost World Jurassic Park. This is a track called The Hunt and it was supposed to play underneath a sequence where engines hunters, for the lack of a better word, are rounding up dinosaurs, which they are eventually going to take off of Site B. And in this cue, John Williams composed quite an exciting piece, which, again, if you match it up to the film, it doesn't hit all the sync points now. There's no doubt in my mind that this scene was heavily edited, again, after John Williams had provided music for it. But John Williams' cue, surprisingly, is nowhere to be seen in the picture, which is rare for a Steven Spielberg-John Williams collaboration where Steven Spielberg just says, nope, we're not going to use that piece of music. This is a wonderful three-and-a-half-minute action sequence. The cue is called The Hunt. It was never used in the film The Lost World Jurassic Park, which came out 1997. This is our number six rejected or unused cue of all time.
Number five. In at number five is a famous unused cue because it was replaced with, I would say, a more well-known piece of music that and ha- has been used in films many times before, but has become synonymous with the film that it is now in. The film is Platoon, released in 1986. It won the Academy Award for Best Picture, surprisingly, that year. Surprisingly, because I don't think it was one of the favorites to win the Oscar that year. It's an incredible war picture. One of my favorites. The original score composer for the movie was Georges Delarue, and he actually wrote an original score for it, not a lot of music, but he also provided an original cue for the film's ending, which was somewhat based on Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings. It's a great piece. It flows and builds and is structured and constructed quite similarly to Samuel Barber's piece, but ultimately it was rejected. George Delarue's recording has been made available, and he also re-recorded it for Vereser Band Records back in 1990 for Volume 1 of his London Sessions. It's an incredible recording, and that's the one we're going to play for you right now. And if you can't find the London Sessions album, you should be able to find it on an easy-to-find two-CD compilation, again, from Varese Saraban Records, one of their best compilations that they ever released called In Session, a Film Music Celebration, which is a two-CD set of some of the best re-recorded tracks that Varese Saraban Records has produced. So our number five rejected or unused score cue comes from the film Platoon. This is Georges Delarue's theme from that 1986 picture.
Number four. In at number four, this one was suggested by the people over at Film Score Monthly and their very busy message board, and I needed some suggestions for what to play on the program here, and they made a ton of suggestions, so much so that I have material for another two or three hour-long rejected or unused queue programs, which I'm hopefully going to be playing or presenting on a later date. One that completely slipped my mind comes from the classic 1974 thriller called The Taking of the Pelham 123, with original score by David Shire. And there's a track called 50 Seconds and the Money Express. It's four and a half minutes long. That is nowhere to be found in the film. It's quite a groovy tune from David Shire featuring that 12-tone main theme. And I saw the scene recently with and without the music, and I think it works either way. The track, though, does enhance the suspense of the scene, but it's still, I've seen it so many times without the music that I'm just kind of used to it. Anyway, this is a fantastic track featuring a method of composition that isn't really heard much these days in film. It's a 12-tone method of composition, and it's uh, basically the signature of this particular score and this particular unused track. Again, 50 Seconds and the Money Express, the 1974 film, The Taking of the Pelham 123, composed by David Shire. Bye. 
number three. In at number three is music from Star Trek The Motion Picture, 1979. And there are six completely unused cues composed by Jerry Goldsmith that were recorded earlier on in the process of scoring, which he then eventually went back and rewrote. But it's very interesting to hear these tracks to get a sense of what Jerry Goldsmith was going through creatively to finally get to those classic cues. Two cues that I'm going to play for you right now are probably two of the most famous unused cues from Jerry Goldsmith's score. First is the Enterprise, uh, which we never really got a chance to hear until, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ford Thaxton on his now defunct film music radio show played the unused Enterprise cue. But I don't think, I would hope you'd correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of the other rejected cues were ever heard until until La La Land Records a few years ago finally released their lavish multi-CD set release of Star Trek The Motion Picture, which featured a whole slew of uh, unused alternate takes that included the two that we're going to play for you right now. What's interesting about these cues is that Jerry Goldsmith had not really developed the theme for Star Trek The Motion Picture, which of course became one of his most famous themes of all time. But you can hear little snippets and pieces of that theme sprinkled throughout these early pieces, which would then finally form that classic tune. So what we're going to play for you right now are actually two tracks from the number three rejected and unused cue or cues of all time. This is the Enterprise and the alternate to Leaving Dry Dock. Star Trek The Motion Picture, released in 1979 by Jerry Goldsmith.
number two. We continue with Jerry Goldsmith in our number two spot, and again like we did with number three, we're going to present two tracks for you. They basically play back-to-back anyway, so you can almost call them as one long track. We're going to play music now from Alien, which went through an insane amount of changes, especially for Jerry Goldsmith. Musically, Goldsmith had a real hard time on this picture, although it is a much-celebrated film, a much-celebrated score, considered one of Jerry Goldsmith's masterpieces. The biggest problem is that Goldsmith had composed an original score, which then Ridley Scott didn't like or was still cutting certain sequences, needed music rewritten, or certain tonalities changed, things were too romantic, not scary enough, too simple, whatever. It even came to the point that certain cues were completely rejected, and other Jerry Goldsmith temp track score cues, mostly from an early score called Freud, were then used in the place of the original tracks. Goldsmith went through hell on this picture, and what interested Goldsmith in teaming up with Ridley Scott again on Legend is beyond me because he went through hell on that picture as well, having his score completely rejected in one country and used in another. So with all the problems that Alien did have, everything came out peachy. And Jerry Goldsmith actually had a chance to release an album of his original cues that he was going to use in the film, including these cut tracks that we're going to play for you right now. The two tracks and the film. We start with an incredible, terrifying action cue, which again, reworked in the film called Out the Door. It's Ripley battling the alien and then the film ends with Howard Hansen's Symphony Number no. 2. But originally, Jerry Goldsmith's finale to the score presented a fully developed majestic statement of his original main theme, which was supposed to be heard at the beginning of the picture, a theme that was ultimately rejected and rescored by Jerry Goldsmith. So here's Out the Door and the end title, two unused cues from... The film Alien. These are our number two rejected and unused cues of all time.
Isn't it number one? is quite possibly one of the most insane pieces of music you will ever hear. It baffles me that someone actually wrote this for a film. It absolutely blows me away that when you hear this track in the scene that it was ultimately not used in, it's just amazing that this actually works. I'm also surprised that the players, mostly the brass, didn't wipe the blood off their lips after this performance and go and punch Don Davis in the face. <laughs> Because I, I couldn't imagine how they put this all together. No doubt, Don Davis's early version of the Burly Brawl from The Matrix Reloaded was obviously, hopefully, recorded in sections and then stitched together afterwards. What you hear in the film is not the original cue. In the film, Don Davis supplies music along with Ben Watkins of Juno Reactor fame. And it's an amped up, more techno, more cool track. It works really, really well. But then you find out that Don Davis had composed this masterpiece of a cue. Six minutes of absolute insanity. I can't even begin to tell you what goes into this piece or how he even conceived it. How he even managed to make it fit with this scene that it accompanies but it is absolutely stunning. And as I said, it's one of the greatest pieces of film music that I have ever heard. And I'm shocked that it wasn't used in the film. There's another fantastic cue that was rejected from this film. A wonderful swashbuckling adventure cue that was supposed to be written for the Chateau fight, which had more of a generic techno piece written for it, which works. But when you put Chateau Swashbuckling, the alternate cue written by Don Davis, into the scene again, you just realize how absolutely brilliant for how that sequence and this score really is. It's one of the greatest scores written in this new millennium, and our number one rejected or unused cue is the alternate take of Burly Brawl from The Matrix Reloaded by Don Davis. Before we get into the music, I just want to thank you very much for tuning in once again. I really hope you enjoyed this Top 10 program. And we'll be back next week with yet another Top 10 program. And if you have suggestions for a topic or a theme, then please, by all means, get in touch with me through Twitter, Sound Radio, or by email at cinematicsound at yahoo.com, or check us out on Facebook at Cinematic Sound. My name is Eric Woods, and I want to thank you very much for tuning in. And until next time, take care and happy listening.